0: Five Canto Two of the Fairy Queen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joux The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. Book 5. The Legend of Artegol. Canto 2. Artegol hears of Florimel, Does with the pagan fight. Him slays, drowns Lady Monera, Does raise her castle quite. Nought is more honourable to a knight, Nay better doth beseem brave chivalry, Than to defend the feeble in their right, And wrong redress in such as wend awry. While, ohm, those great heroes got thereby Their greatest glory for their rightful deeds, And place deserved with the gods on high. Herein the noblesse of this knight exceeds, Who now to perils great, For justice's sake proceeds. To which, as he now was upon the way, He chanced to meet a dwarf in hasty course, Whom he required his forward haste to stay, Till he of tidings mote with him discourse. Loath was the dwarf, yet did he stay perforce, And gan of sundry news his store to tell, as to his memory, they had recourse, but chiefly of the fairest Florimel, how she was found again and spoused to Marinell. For this was Donny, Florimel's own dwarf, whom, having lost, as ye have heard whileere, and finding in the way the scattered scarf, the fortune of her life long time did fear. But of her health, when Artigall did hear and safe return, he was full inly glad, and asked him where and when her bridal cheer should be solemnised, for if time he had, he would be there, and honour to her spousal add. Within three days, quoth he, as I do here, it will be at the castle of the Strand. What time, if nought me let, I will be there, To do her service, so as I am bond? But in my way, a little here beyond, A cursed cruel Sarazin doth one, That keeps a bridge's passage by strong hand, And many errant knights hath therefore done, That makes all men for fear, That passage for to shun. What Mr White, quoth he, and how far hence is he that doth to travellers such harms? He is, said he, a man of great defence, expert in battle and in deeds of arms, and more emboldened by the wicked charms with which his daughter doth him still support, having great lordships got, and goodly farms, through strong oppression of his power extort, By which he still them holds, And keeps with strong effort. And daily he his wrongs increaseth more, For never white he lets to pass that way Over his bridge. All be he rich or poor, But he him makes his passage penny pay, Else he doth hold him back or beat away. Thereto, he hath a groom of evil guise, Whose scalp is bare, That bondage doth beray, Which polls and pills the poor in piteous wise, But he himself upon the rich doth tyrannize. His name is Hight Polente, rightly so, For that he is so poison and strong, That with his power he all doth o'ergo, and makes them subject to his mighty wrong, And some, by slight, he eke doth underfong. For on a bridge he custometh to fight, Which is but narrow, but exceeding long, And in the same are many trap-falls pite, Through which the rider down doth fall, through oversight. And underneath the same a river flows, That is both swift and dangerous deep withal, Into the which, whomso he overthrows, All destitute of help, doth headlong fall. But he himself, through practice usual, Leaps forth into the flood, and there assays his foe confused, Through his sudden fall, That horse and man, he equally dismays, and either both them drowns, or traitorously slays. Then doth he take the spoil of them at will, and to his daughter brings that dwells thereby, who all that comes doth take, and therewith fill the coffers of her wicked treasury, which she with wrongs hath heaped up so high, that many princes she in wealth exceeds, and purchased all the country lying nigh, with the revenue of her plenteous meads. Her name is Munera, agreeing with her deeds. There, too, she is full fair, and rich attired, with golden hands and silver feet beside, that many lords have her to wife desired. But she them all despiseth for great pride. Now by my life, said he, and God to guide, None other way will I this day betake, But by that bridge, whereas he doth abide. Therefore me thither lead. No more he spake, but thitherward, forthright, His ready way did make. Unto the place he came within a while, where on the bridge he ready armoured saw the Sarazin, awaiting for some spoil. Who, as they to the passage gan to draw, a villain to them came with skull all raw, that passage money did of them require, according to the custom of their law. To whom he answered wroth, "Lo, there thy hire." And with that word him struck that straight he did expire, which when the pagan saw, he wexed wroth, and straight himself unto the fight addressed nay was Sir Artegall behind, so both together ran with ready spears in rest, right in the midst, whereas they breast to breast should meet a trap was letten down to fall into the flood. Straight leapt the Karl unblessed, well weening that his foe was fallen withal, but he was well aware, and leapt before his fall. There being both together in the flood, they each at other tyrannously flew, Nay aught the water cooler'd their hot blood, but rather in them kindled COLOR knew. But there the painim, who that use well knew to fight in water, great advantage had That oftentimes him nigh he overthrew, And eke the courser whereupon he rad Could swim like a fish, whilst he his back bestrad. Which odds, when as Sir Artegall espied, He saw no way, but close with him in haste, And to him driving strongly down the tide, Upon his iron collar gripped fast, That with the straint his wizened nigh he brust, there they together strove, and struggled long, Either the other from his steed to cast, Nay ever Artegall his gripple strong, For anything would slack, but still upon him hung. As when a dolphin and a seal are met In the wide champion of the ocean plain, With cruel chauf their courage as they wet, the masterdom of each by force to gain, And dreadful battle twixt them do darin. They snuff, they snort, they bounce, they rage, they roar, That all the sea disturbed with their train, Doth fry with foam above the surge's hoar. Such was betwixt these two the troublesome uproar. So Artegall, at last him forced forsake his horse's back. For dread of being drowned, And to his handy swimming him betake. Efsoune's, himself he from his hold unbound, And then no odds at all in him he found, For Artigall in swimming skilful was, And durst the depth of any water sound. So ought each night, that use of peril has, In swimming be expert, through water's force to pass. Then very doubtful was the war's event, Uncertain whether had the better side. For both were skilled in that experiment, and both in arms, well trained, and thoroughly tried. But Artigol was better breathed beside, and towards the end grew greater in his might, that his faint foe no longer could abide his puissance, nay bear himself upright, but from the water to the land betook his flight. But Artigol pursued him still so near with bright Crissor in his cruel hand, that as his head he gan a little rear above the brink to tread upon the land, he smote it off, that tumbling on the strand it bit the earth for very fell despite and gnashed with his teeth as if he banned high god whose goodness he despaired quite or cursed the hand which did that vengeance on him dight his corpse was carried down along the lee whose waters with his filthy blood it stained but his blasphemous head that all might see He pitched upon a pole on high ordained, where many years it afterwards remained to be a mirror to almighty men, in whose right hands great power is contained, that none of them, the feeble overwren, but always do their power, within just compass pen. That done, unto the castle he did wend, in which the Paynim's daughter did abide. Guarded of many which did her defend of whom he entrance sought, but was denied, and with reproachful blasphemy defied, beaten with stones down from the battlement, that he was forced to withdraw aside, and bade his servant Talus to invent which way he enter might without endangerment. Eftsoons his page drew to the castle gate, and with his iron flail at it let fly, that all the warders it did saw a mate. The which erewhile spake so reproachfully and made them stoop that looked erst so high. Yet still he beat and bounced upon the door, and thundered strokes thereon so hideously, that all the peace he shaked from the floor. And filled all the house with fear and great uproar. With noise whereof the lady forth appeared upon the castle wall, and when she saw the dangerous state in which she stood, she feared the sad effect of her near overthrow, and gan entreat that iron man below to cease his outrage, and him fair besought, sith neither force of stones which they did throw, nor power of charms, which she against him wrought, might otherwise prevail, or make him cease for aught. But when as yet she saw him to proceed, unmoved with prayers, or with piteous thought, she meant him to corrupt with goodly mead, and caused great sacks with endless riches fraught, unto the battlement to be up-brought, and poured forth Over the castle wall, that she might win some time, though dearly bought, Whilst he to gathering of the gold did fall. But he was nothing moved, nor tempted wherewithal. But still continued his assault the more, And laid on load with his huge iron flail, That at the length he has erent the door, And made way for his master to assail. Who, being entered, nought did then avail, for white against his power themselves to rear; each one did fly, their hearts began to fail, and hid themselves in corners here and there, and eke their dame, half dead, did hide herself for fear. Long they her sought, yet nowhere could they find her, that sure they weened she was escaped away. But Talus, that could like a lime-hound Wind her, and all things secret Wisely could beray, At length found out, whereas she hidden lay Under an heap of gold. Thence he her drew by the fair locks, And foully did array, without an pity Of her goodly hue, That Artigol himself her seamless plight did rue. Yet for no pity would he change the course of justice, Which in Talus' hand did lie, Who rudely hailed her forth without remorse, Still holding up her suppliant hands on high, And kneeling at his feet submissively. But he, her suppliant hands, those hands of gold, And eke her feet, those feet of silver try, which sought unrighteousness, and justice sold, Chopped off, and nailed on high, That all might them behold. Herself then took he by the slender waist, In vain loud crying, And into the flood over the castle wall Adown her cast, And there her drowned in the dirty mud, But the stream washed away her guilty blood. Thereafter, all that mucky pelf he took, The spoil of people's evil-gotten good, The which her sire had scraped by hook and crook, And burning all to ashes, Poured it down the brook. And lastly, all that castle quite he raced, Even from the soul of his foundation, and all the hewn stones thereof defaced, that there might be no hope of reparation, nor memory thereof to any nation. All which, when Talus thoroughly had performed, Sir Artigal undid the evil fashion and wicked customs of that bridge reformed, which done, unto his former journey, he returned in which they measured mickle-weary way, till that at length nigh to the sea they drew, by which, as they did travel on a day, they saw before them, far as they could view, full many people gathered in a crew, whose great assembly they did much admire, for never there the like resort they knew. So towards them they coasted, to inquire what things so many nations met, did their desire. There they beheld a mighty giant stand upon a rock, and holding forth on high an huge great pair of balance in his hand, with which he boasted in his circuitry that all the world he would weigh equally, if ought he had the same to counterpoise. For want whereof he weighed vanity, and filled his balance full of idle toys, yet was admired much OF FOOLS, WOMEN, AND BOYS. HE SAID, THAT HE WOULD ALL THE EARTH UPTAKE, AND ALL THE SEA DIVIDED EACH FROM EITHER. SO WOULD HE OF THE FIRE ONE BALANCE MAKE, AND ONE OF THE AIR, WITHOUT, OR WIND, OR WEATHER. THEN WOULD HE BALANCE HEAVEN AND HELL TOGETHER, AND ALL THAT DID WITHIN THEM ALL CONTAIN. Of all whose weight he would not miss a feather. And look what surplus did of each remain, He would to his own part restore the same again. For why, he said, they all unequal were, And had encroached upon others' share, Like as the sea, which plain he showed there, Had worn the earth, so did the fire, the air, so all the rest did other's parts impair. And so were realms and nations run awry, all which he undertook for to repair, in sort as they were formed anciently, and all things would reduce unto equality. Therefore the vulgar did about him flock, and cluster thick unto his leasing's vein, like foolish flies about an honey-crock in hope by him great benefit to gain and uncontrolled freedom to obtain all which when artigal did see and hear how he misled the simple people's train in stainful wise he drew unto him near and thus unto him spake without regard or fear Thou that presumest to weigh the world anew and all things to an equal to restore instead of right me seems great wrong doth show and far above thy forces pitch to soar for ere thou limit what is less or more in everything thou oughtest first to know what was the poise of every part of yore and look then how much it doth overflow or fail thereof so much is more than just to trow. For at the first they all created were in goodly measure by their maker's might, and weighed out in balances so near that not a dram was missing of their right. The earth was in the middle centre pite, in which it doth immovable abide, hemmed in with waters like a wall in sight, and they with air that not a drop can slide all which the heavens contain, and in their courses guide. Such heavenly justice doth among them reign, that every one do know their certain bound, in which they do these many years remain, and amongst them all no change hath yet been found. But if thou now shouldst weigh them new in pound, we are not sure they would so long remain. All change is perilous, and all chance unsound. Therefore leave off to weigh them all again till we may be assured they shall their course retain Thou foolish elf Said then the giant wroth Seest not how badly all things present be and each estate quite out of order goeth the sea itself Dost thou not plainly see encroach upon the land there under thee and to the earth itself, how daily its increased by all that dying too it turned be. Were it not good that wrong were then surceas'd, and from the most that some were given to the least? Therefore, I will throw down these mountains high, and make them level with the lowly plain. These towering rocks which reach unto the sky, I will thrust down into the deepest main. And as they were, them equalize again. Tyrants that make men subject to their law, I will suppress, That they no more may reign, And lordings curb that commons overawe, And all the wealth of rich men to the poor will draw. Of things unseen, How canst thou deem aright? Then answered the righteous article. Sith thou misdeemst so much Of things in sight. What though the earth With waves continual Do eat the earth, It is no more at all. Nay is the earth the less, Or loseth aught, For whatsoever from one place Doth fall is with the tide Unto another brought, For there is nothing lost That may be found if sought. Likewise the earth is not augmented more, by all that dying into it do fade. For of the earth they former were of yore. However gay their blossom, or their blade, do flourish now, they into dust shall fade. What wrong, then, is it, if that when they die, they turn to that whereof they first were made? All in the power of their great Maker lie, all creatures must obey the voice. Of the Most High. They live, they die, Like as he doth ordain. Nay ever any asketh reason why. The hills do not the lowly dales disdain, The dales do not the lofty hills envy. He maketh kings to sit in sovereignty, He maketh subjects to their power obey, He pulleth down, he setteth up on high, He gives to this, from that he takes away for all we have is his what he list do he may whatever thing is done by him is done nay any may his mighty will withstand nay any may his sovereign power shun nay loose that he hath bound with steadfast band in vain therefore dost thou now take in hand to call to count Or weigh his works anew, Whose counsel's depth Thou canst not understand, Sith of things subject To thy daily view, Thou dost not know the cause, Nor their courses due. For take thy balance, If thou be so wise, And weigh the wind That under heaven doth blow, Or weigh the light That in the east doth rise, Or weigh the thought That from man's mind doth flow. But if the weight of these thou canst not show, Weigh but one word, which from thy lips doth fall. For how canst thou those greater secrets know, That dost not know the least thing of them all? Ill can he rule the great, That cannot reach the small. Therewith the giant, much abashed said that he of little things made reckoning light yet the least word that ever could be laid within his balance he could weigh aright which is said he more heavy than in weight the right or wrong the false or else the true he answered that he would try it straight so he the words into his balance through, but straight the winged words out of his balance flew. Wroth wext he then, and said that words were light, nay would within his balance well abide. But he could justly weigh the wrong or right. Well then, said Artigal, let it be tried, first in one balance, set the true aside. He did so first, and then the false he laid in the other scale. But still it down did slide, and by no mean could in the weight be stayed, for by no means the false will with the truth be weighed. Now take the right likewise, said Artigal, and counterpies the same with so much wrong so first the right he put into one scale, and then the giant strove, with puissance strong, to fill the other scale with so much wrong. But all the wrongs that he therein could lay, might not it pise. Yet did he labour long, and swat, and chauf and proved every way, yet all the wrongs could not a little right down lay. WHICH WHEN HE SAW, HE GREATLY GREW IN RAGE, AND ALMOST WOULD HIS BALANCES HAVE BROKEN. BUT Artigal HIM FAIRLY GAN assuage, AND SAID, BE NOT UPON THY BALANCE ROKEN, FOR THEY DO nought BUT RIGHT OR WRONG BETOKEN. BUT IN THE MIND THE DOOM OF RIGHT MUST BE. And so likewise of words the which be spoken, the ear must be the balance to decree and judge whether with truth or falsehood they agree. But set the truth and set the right aside, for they with wrong or falsehood will not fare. And put two wrongs together to be tried, or else two falses of each equal share, And then together do them both compare, For truth is one, and right is ever one. So did he, and then plain it did appear, Whether of them the greater were atone, But right sat in the middest of the beam alone. But he the right from thence did thrust away, For it was not the right which he did seek, But rather strove extremities to weigh, The one to diminish, The other for to eke, For of the mean he greatly did misleek. Whom when so lewdly-minded Talus found, Approaching nigh unto him, cheek by cheek, He shouldered him from off the higher ground, And down the rock him throwing, In the sea him drowned. Like as a ship, Whom cruel tempest drives Upon a rock with horrible dismay, Her shattered ribs in thousand pieces rives, And spoiling all her gears and goodly ray, Does make herself misfortune's piteous prey. So down the cliff the wretched giant tumbled, His battered balances in pieces lay, His timbered bones, all broken, rudely rumbled, So was the High aspiring, With huge ruin humbled. That when the people, which had thereabout long waited, Saw his sudden desolation, They gan to gather in tumultuous rout, And mutining, to stir up civil faction for certain loss of so great expectation. For well they hoped to have got great good, and wondrous riches by his innovation. Therefore, resolving to revenge his blood, they rose in arms, and all in battle order stood. Which lawless multitude him coming to in warlike wise, when Artigall did view, He much was troubled, nay wist what to do. For loath he was, his noble hands tembrue, In the base blood of such a rascal crew! And otherwise, if that he should retire, He feared lest they with shame would him pursue. Therefore he talus to them sent, To inquire the cause of their array, And truths for to desire. But soon as they him nigh approaching spied, They gan with all their weapons him assay, And rudely struck at him on every side, Yet nought they could him hurt, nay aught dismay. But when at them he with his flail gan lay, He like a swarm of flies them overthrew, Nay any of them durst come in his way, But here and there before his presence flew, and hid themselves in holes and bushes from his view. As when a falcon, hath with nimble flight, flown at a flush of ducks for by the brook, the trembling fowl, dismayed with dreadful sight of death, the which them almost overtook, do hide themselves from her astonishing look, amongst the flags and covert round about. When Talus saw they all the field forsook, and none appeared of all that rascal rout, to Artigall he turned, and went with him throughout. End of Canto Two. Book V. The Legend of Artigall